The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions, because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Hello, America. How are you? Welcome to the financial physician, Lou Scatigna here. Thanks so much for joining us. If uh, you didn't hear our show before, that's because we were on the Variety Channel prior to coming here. This is our first show on the business channel here on voiceamerica.com. Glad to be here. I think this is where my show should be on the business channel and uh, at 4 o'clock on Wednesday on the East Coast and uh, 1 o'clock on the West Coast. And we'll be here each and every Wednesday at that time to talk about money, markets, and politics. Sounds like kind of a weird mix, doesn't it? Well, politics affects money and markets in, in, in a big way. And to give you a little bit about my background before we get started with the program is um, I have been a certified financial planner uh, and um, had my own financial planning investment tax firm for 27 years. Uh, I've been a radio talk show host for 14 years, uh, 12 years locally here on the Jersey Shore. And uh, for the last four years, I've been on uh, XM Satellite Radio. And uh, since May, I've been here on voiceamerica.com on the Variety Channel and now we're on the business channel. So we talk about money, we talk about markets, we talk about politics. And one thing about our program is uh, we're not like most financial programs. We're not just going to sit here and uh, uh, just talk about IRA accounts. We don't do that. We talk about what goes on behind the scenes on Wall Street. And how Wall Street is corrupt and how careful you have to be with your money when dealing with financial professionals. And we talk about economics in a truthful, honest way. I'm not here to uh, be a cheerleader for investments for the stock market. I'm here to tell it like it is uh, and keep you informed on what I believe is happening out there. And it's not a pretty picture, people. We live in very, very unusual and very difficult times. And unfortunately, I believe that the future, at least the near future, is very dim economically for financial markets. And it's going to be very, very important that you navigate uh, through these treacherous waters. And hopefully you'll join us on this program each and every week. And that's the goal of this program is to guide you through that. And it's about your phone calls as well. If you have any questions, comments, so we love phone calls on a program. 866-472-5790 is the number to call. 866-472-5790. Now, three weeks ago on my show on the Variety Channel, I started the program by saying that that uh, in 2008, July of 2008, I came on my, my radio program and I told people to get out of the stock market that a major crash was coming and it was most likely going to happen in the fall. 
And it wasn't that I was some kind of a guru or had some crystal ball. I thought it was quite obvious uh, that the excesses that we saw in the housing market, the problems we saw in real estate coming down the pike, uh, the excessive speculation in the market, the problems in the banking system, the failure of Bear Stearns in March of 2008. All these things uh, coalesced into my opinion that we were headed for a major crash and systemic financial problem. And sure enough, it did happen. Now, three weeks ago, I said that now I'm saying it again. With the Dow Jones near record highs, I'm telling people that it's time to exit the stock market before the next leg uh, of the financial crisis uh, arises. And it would not, the financial crisis never went away. I mean, some people think it did. Yeah, the stock market rose, but that's about it. The economy did not improve in any measurable way. You haven't seen any increase in the job situation. Oh, yeah, the unemployment rate may have went down, but that's because there's less jobs out there and less people looking for jobs. The GDP was just announced up barely uh, one, one and a half percent, lower to one percent in the first quarter and negative in the fourth quarter of last year. That's not a growing economy. The Federal Reserve has interest rates at near zero. That's emergency interest rates. If everything was getting better, there would be no need for the Fed to keep interest rates at zero percent. And there would be no need for the Federal Reserve to print $85 billion a month and buy our treasury bonds. And mortgage bonds. And that's what they've been doing. And we'll talk about in the program later on what that means. The Fed printing so much money and monetizing the country's debt. So there is another crisis coming. And I think it's, it's at our doorstep. And I think it's going to make 2008 look like a walk through the park, unfortunately. So again, it's not always rosy uh, on the Financial Physician Radio Program. We tell it like it is, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And right now we're ending, entering, I think, a very ugly period. Now, the stock market makes no sense at record highs. How do you justify record highs in the stock market and record high poverty? A record number of people on, on food stamps. A record number of people on Social Security disability. A record number of people receiving some kind of assistance from the government. It doesn't jive. And the only reason the stock market's been going up is because of the stimulus that the Fed is creating by printing $85 billion a month. And I say this over and over on this program because when we talk about billions and trillions, it just makes people's eyes glass over. They don't really know what it means. And I, I know I'm always impressed when I say this, when I think about it, how huge... Uh, the debasement of the currency is. The Fed's printing $85 billion a month. A billion is a thousand million. So if you're a millionaire, that's one thing. But if you're a billionaire, <laughs> you're a thousand millionaires. Now you're talking money. But $85 billion is 85,000 million. Think about that for a second, my friends. 85,000 million. So if you had a pile of a million bucks, which we'd all love to have, imagine 85,000 of those piles every single month being printed by the Federal Reserve. It's mind-boggling. It really is. And it's highly inflationary. inflationary, And it's highly uh, disruptive to the value of the U.S. dollar long term. 
But the Fed's been doing this mainly to keep interest rates low and to benefit the banks. None of these low interest rates are, are, are helping the economy. The money's not, not getting its way into the economy. The banks aren't lending it out. So who's benefiting by these low interest rates? The banks and the stock market. Right now in the stock market, we have record margin debt. What's that mean? That means people are borrowing money to buy stock. If you've got $50,000, you're buying $100,000 worth of stock and you're borrowing 50000 from the brokerage. And that's very, very negative for the market. Why? Because if the market starts going down, people get margin calls. They'll have to put up more money or they're forced to sell their investments. And that will exacerbate the downturn when it comes. There's also record low uh, pessimism in the market right now. The volatility is down at, at record lows. Nobody expects the market to go down. And these are situations – this summer is very, very similar to the summer of, 2000, uh, of 1987. Now, many of you may not remember the summer of 1987. I remember it very well. I was just setting up my brokerage firm, my financial planning firm. I was 27 years old, had no money, borrowed money from one of my clients. Uh, I, I got a partner who worked with me at the, the firm we were working at, and he put up some money, and we opened up uh, AFM Investments in Howell, New Jersey, the week before the stock market crashed. So during the summer of 87, we were planning to open up our brokerage firm. We opened it up the week later, the market crashed. The worst one-day decline in history, 22%. And then I thought, oh, geez, we're going into depression now. What a great time to open up a brokerage firm. But as it turned out, the depression is really going to be 27 years later. And this is very eerily similar. Now, it has some similarities to 2008, but it's really, for me, more like 1987. And we'll have to see if the market reacts the same way as it did in October of 1987, dropping 22%. So it really is eerily similar. Another thing we have going negative for the market, interest rates are going up in the Treasury bond market. In May, the 10-year Treasury bond yielded 1.6%, historically very low. Very low. Today, it yields 2.73, and it's only August. So we're talking to two months, and this happened really in less than three weeks, uh, but it stayed up there uh, since, uh, since late June. And we're sitting at 2.73 on a 10-year. And we breached 3%. Uh, all bets are off for all these markets. And why is it so bad for interest rates to go up? Well, this economy isn't growing with no interest rates, let alone low interest rates. Record mortgage uh, rates, and the economy is not growing. What happens if the uh, interest rates go up? Mortgage rates have started to go up. How's that going to affect the housing market? And uh, bond rates going up in the face of the Federal Reserve buying $85 billion a month worth of bonds with printed money is very concerning. And also, there's Trillions of dollars of derivatives are written by banks to each other in what are called interest rate swaps. And as interest rates go up, somebody's on a losing end of those derivatives. And some are saying that any significant rise in interest rates here will destroy the entire banking system. And, and, and I agree with that. We're starting to see bankruptcies in cities across the country. Stockton, California was the biggest until recently when Detroit 
the city of Detroit, the great manufacturing headquarters of the car industry in the world, declared bankruptcy last month. And they're not alone. They're just the first. And that's what we're going to see in cities and states across the country. And the country itself. America is Detroit. Almost every major city in the country is close to the same fate as Detroit. And the country itself is under record amounts of debt, budget deficit, political discord, and outright non-democratic rules and procedures that the government isn't taking right now. We all know about that. Surveillance and what have you. Let me tell you, the Detroit bankruptcy was the canary in the coal mine. For me, it was anyway. Though we're going to see more and more of this. And this is just the beginning. And Detroit's the template that other cities are going, to, are going to follow as well. So we've got a lot of problems in this country right now. And it's going to affect your money. It's going to affect markets. And it's going to happen very soon. All right, it's time for a break. Our phone number is 866-472-5790. Maybe you disagree with me. Maybe you do agree with me. I'd like to hear uh, your comments or questions. We're going to take a short break listening to the financial physician right here on the business channel on voiceamerica.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network if you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization Where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Did you know that at the root of every business problem lies a communication issue? Communication Nation, a show that brings effective business communication practices to the masses, addresses a number of topics and talking points that impact your professional development, as well as business productivity and profitability. Host Jill Schiffelbein makes the theoretical tangible. Tune in each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be ready to become a better communicator with Communication Nation. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Financial Physician. And America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna, is here to help you. Call with your questions now at 1-866-472-5788. That's toll free, 1-866-472-5788. Once again, here's Lou. 
right, before the break, we were talking about the state of uh, the economy and the, and the stock market and the bond market. Now, um, I feel this is eerily similar to the summer of 1987, just prior to uh, the worst crash we saw, the, at least the worst one-day crash we saw in the stock market on October 19, 1987. And uh, there's a lot of things in the mix right now that are indicating that we may have this big downturn. And I'm telling you, I hope I'm wrong here. I do not like to be correct in these predictions. I really don't. I mean, I own an investment business. I don't want to be correct. Okay, I'd rather be incorrect and have the market go to new highs and everybody be happy. But one thing about this radio program, and I've been doing a variation of this radio program for just almost 15 years, is I'm honest with my listeners. And I tell them, like it is, the way I feel. Good, bad, ugly, it don't matter. And I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm here to give you uh, ideas, to give you warnings, to have you do things to protect yourself and your family and your life savings. And it's amazing to me the dumbing down of our country, how people have no idea what's really going on. I mean, really, how many people really know what's going on? Very few. The kids in this country, I mean, when I say kids, I mean, you know, 30s and younger. Really, are totally disconnected to uh, the reality of the economics or even politics of the country right now. And I would say the majority of people over and above that, too. So the majority of us don't know what's going on. All we care about is the, 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 the housewives in New Jersey, who's winning American Idol. That's the stuff that people care about right now. What's new in the movies? Let's go to the beach. It's a nice summer day. But nobody really, not nobody, but most people don't really know what's going on. And when it happens... When the reality happens that the economy and, and the country that we've lived in and we thought was going to be there forever is different, it's going to hurt a lot of people. Because when markets crash and banks close and, and central banks print massive amounts of money to keep it together, it ends in a hyperinflationary depression. And are we going that way? The answer is absolutely – I'm absolutely certain that that's where we're headed. What I'm not certain about is the timing. Is it five years off, which really isn't that much time, or is it just a few months off? And it equally could be either one because it's all based on confidence. Now, I have some contacts on Wall Street um, that are pretty well connected, and they're telling me that it's common. That no longer can they keep it together. And that's why we, we've had that uh, – what happened in Cyprus, which is called a bail-in instead of a bail-out. Instead of taxpayers bailing out the banks, they're making the depositors lose the money that's in the banks. And that's coming here to America. The federal FDIC has already put out a report that, 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 that uh, depositors in a bank are going to be considered creditors of the bank. That just like when you take money out of the bank, they're loaning you money and you're the, you know, you're the debtor. Well, when you give the bank money, you're loaning them money. They're paying you paltry interest, but it's the same terms. It's a loan. And you're hoping that they'll be liquid enough to pay you back that loan. And again, none of us have experienced bank closings. So we have what's called normalcy bias. We believe that things will be as they were. And they won't be in the future. Now, hopefully we could buy a few more years. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. 
And the bankruptcy of Detroit is, is so disturbing because it happened really for two, for two reasons. Number one, we're no longer a manufacturing country. The industrial age is over. We don't make anything anymore. We're a services and information economy right now. More people move around information and move around things. And we're a financial economy. A lot of, a lot of it's financial services. And that will be a dying uh, industry relatively soon. So we don't make anything anymore. That's why good jobs have gone away. That's why you don't see benefits anymore unless you're in a union. And speaking of unions, that's the second thing that killed Detroit. Union contracts that pay high wages, 100% of health care, through your retired years until you die. Pensions that start as early as when you're 55, if you're a policeman or a fireman and you have 20 years in. Think about that. Retire at 55, get a $50,000, $60,000 a year pension. Till you die, which may be 95, 40 years. Throw in the health care coverage. Times it by thousands of retired people. And you have Detroit. It's that simple. And every major city is run the same way. Every major city is run the same way. Chicago, it's the next one to go. Chicago has such debt and unfunded liabilities, it makes Detroit look like nothing. The state of Illinois, state that Chicago's in, worse shape. Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York. These cities are all in the same situation. They have massive union burdens and legacy costs for people who retired. They can't afford it. Let's look at the politics of this. Almost every major metropolitan city is run by Democrats who are beholden to the unions who get them into office. I mean, it's really that simple. So now those politicians that are voted in by the unions pay them back with these great union contracts that the city or state can't afford. And then you have a Detroit or you have a Stockton or you have a uh, future uh, Chicago. It's coming. And now we have Obamacare, the disaster, the train wreck that is Obamacare, starting to become implemented. And this will kill the economy. This will be the final nail in the coffin. Now, this thing is such a disaster that the administration continues to delay different parts of it. Uh, and they delayed uh, recently. They delayed the employer mandate that employers who have fifty employees or more full time have to cover them. That was supposed to go into effect in 2014. That's been pushed down now to 2015. But the individual mandate, where you have to go get a, a health insurance if you don't have any with your employer, is still in effect. So businesses are going to get a free ride for one year, but individuals are going to have to pony up. We'll get a fine. And the reason I'm so negative about you know coming out of it, you know, in two thousand in, in nineteen eighty seven, and to some extent two thousand and eight, we were able to come out of it. 
1987, it was really more of a market issue. The market got way ahead of itself. Uh, there was a couple of things that happened in September with the dollar and interest rates. And it was just ready to crack. But we rebounded very quickly thereafter. It didn't cause a major recession, unlike 2008, where that was a systemic banking problem. And, of course, you know all these big banks, not only here in the United States, but internationally, were bailed out by us through TARP or the Federal Reserve with printed money. The next systemic failure, derivatives-driven, will not have the same response. There's just no money to do it, either here in Europe, in Europe or here. That's why they're talking about balance. And why I don't think we're going to recover for a long time after it is because of these following statistics about America. 76% of all Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. 76%. That's if you get a paycheck. 27% of all Americans don't even have a single penny saved. Think about that. 27% don't have a penny saved. What do they do when they lose their jobs? Well, they go on a government dole. That's what they do. A lot of people have been doing it. 46% of all Americans have $800 or less saved. That's almost half Americans. I mean, I just find that hard to believe that half of this country has no money. And why is that? It's because of the mentality of Americans. Our spending habits, our feelings of material entitlement, our lack of financial responsibility, our failure to look to the future and live for today. That's why half the people in this country don't have $800. They have nice cell phones, nice sneakers, beautiful cars. Many of them have beautiful homes but have no money. It's because of irresponsible behavior. I'm the author of the book, The Financial Physician, same title as this radio program, How to Cure Your Money Problems and Boost Your Financial Health. That came out in 2010. And in that book, I, I, I lay out the 20 big problems that Americans have with money. And the first chapter is financial illiteracy. We don't know anything about money because we never taught it. A, financial irresponsibility, and feelings of material entitlement. That we believe in America that we deserve uh, to have that big McMansion. That we should have a new car every three years. That we should buy the, the newest gadgets, computers, phones. That we need to go on an expensive vacation once a year. And that's the reason why half the Americans have $800 or less. It's not because of the fact they didn't make any money, it's because of the financial decisions that they made. Everybody, unless you have a medical issue or something that came out of the blue, are in the financial situation they're in because of decisions they made. And they weren't good decisions. And they have to, I tell you, they have to have $800 or less have made poor decisions for the most part. Less than 25% of Americans have enough money stored away to cover six months' living expenses. That's the first thing as financial planners we tell people to do. Make sure you have six months' living expenses, liquid and on the side. Well, one of four do. In 1989, the debt-to-income ratio 
how much debt do you have to how much you make a year, was about 58%. So if you made 50 grand, you had about 30,000 in debt. Today, it's up to 154%. You make 50 grand, you have about 80,000 in debt. And again, that's the average. Many Americans have more than that. And today, a higher percentage of Americans are dependent on government than ever before. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 49% of all Americans live in a home that gets direct monetary benefits from the government. And when you have a, a country where half the people are taking and the other half are working and paying for it, you're at the end of, uh, of, of that functioning society. Because the people will just vote in people who will give them more and more and more and they'll bankrupt the country. And back in the 1970s, about one out of every 50 Americans was on food stamps. Today, one out of six and a half. This is America in 2013. And it won't be easy to come back from the next financial crisis, which I believe is on our doorstep. All right, time for another break. We'll be back right after these messages. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What are the reasons that over three-quarters of small businesses fail within three years? Why do 70% of U.S. women-owned businesses make less than $50,000 a year? What causes mid-sized companies to stagnate? Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Looking for a business talk radio program that's unlike any other talk radio program you've heard before? It's time to check out Game On! Business Talk Radio with host Dr. D. Anthony Miles. Dr. Miles and his guests will tackle some of the unconventional and controversial issues and topics in the business world. We'll outline, discuss, and provide solutions to certain problems in marketing, business management, financial accounting, and policies. You and your business can't afford to miss a show. Tune in Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on The Voice. America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. On The Financial Physician, we don't just cover the good time financial news. We cover the good, the bad, and the ugly. Have a question for America's money doctor, Luz Katigna? Call him now at 1-866-472-5788. Or email the show. Here's the address, lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Now, back to Lou. All right, The Financial Physician is a brand, and it's uh, really a 
three-legged stool, so to speak. It's this radio program, which I have been do- doing once a week for 14 years in one form or the other. Uh, and uh, the second uh, leg is the book, which you all should have, The Financial Physician, How to Cure Your Money Problems and Boost Your Financial Health. It is uh, a very easy book to read. It's not one of these crazy financial ease, deep financial planning kind of things. It's very, very basic, and I wanted it to be that way. I wanted the book to be a perfect tool for newlyweds to learn how to buy insurance properly, how to keep their costs down, how to start doing some retirement planning, how to buy a car right, how to buy a home right. You know, We said before the break that half of America has no money, and the reason why they don't is because of their choices, and the choices are buy a new car or buy a used car. I explain in a book why it makes no sense to buy a new car. I talk about figuring out how much house you could afford and how to go about the process. We talk about estate planning. We talk about investments. We talk about insurance. But most importantly, we talk about responsibility, to take responsibility for your financial life. And again, the the 50% of Americans who have no money don't because they have not taken responsibility for their financial life. It's tough medicine. It is what it is. So that's why I wrote this book. It's a great book for anybody, but certainly for uh, a young couple coming up. We never teach our kids anything about money in school. That's starting to change a little bit, but it's, it drives me crazy uh, that we'll, we'll fill our kids' heads with mush. We'll teach them about the War of 1812 and not teach them how credit cards work. It's baffling. And I've said for a long, long time that there should be at least two years in high school, junior and senior year, Well, you have to take personal finance classes and pass them to graduate. Makes all the sense in the world. We teach kids about things they'll never use in life while politically indoctrinating them. And then we send them out into the world, and the first thing they do is get a credit card when they go to college. So they come out of school with no financial training whatsoever. And that's what this book's all about, to give people financial training. The basics. It's on Amazon.com. Last I looked, it's 11 bucks. So it's very, very affordable. I highly suggest uh, that if you're a regular listener, listener to this program, or if you're not, that you get that book and give it away. Read it and give it to somebody else. The third leg of the stool is my website, thefinancialphysician.com. And on that website, I, I archive my radio shows. On that website, I have an active blog where I put articles, videos, information I think you need to know about, and I update it on a daily basis most times. There's also a video part. This radio, this radio program is being videotaped right now, and it'll be on my blog uh, sometime this afternoon, at least sections of the program, the first half usually. So you want to go to the website, you want to read the book, and you want to listen to this program each and every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time and uh, 1 p.m. on the West Coast. Or if you're not available during that time, it's always archived here on voiceamerica.com. And lastly, my email address is lou, L-O-U, at thefinancialphysician.com. Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Love your emails. I try to respond to each and every one. You got a financial question, comment on a program, uh, something you want me to cover. Uh, I'm open to, uh, to all suggestions to make this program successful for you. And I will, re- I will 
return each and every email. I promise I will do that. Sometimes it takes me a few days because I get probably a thousand emails a day. But I will get to it unless I lose it somewhere in the, the spam folder. Send it, send it again. So we're talking about the potential of a, a significant stock market crash this fall. A breakdown in the banking system through a derivative meltdown. And ultimately, the Fed will print more and more money. Because it's going to have to. As will Europe. Because there's no other way out, if there is a way out. And they will continue to print, 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 and continue to devalue the currency. So you could have a stock market crash. And at the same time, you could see the dollar falling, interest rates rising in the bond market, which is devastating for the economy and devastating for our own debt. Just think about it. We have $17 trillion in climbing. And we'll talk about that in a second, the bizarre – our debt hasn't changed in 87 days. It's, it's really bizarre. We'll talk about that in a little bit, uh, at least officially. And um, interest rates will go up on that $17 trillion in debt that we have. 1% interest rate increase we've just had in the last couple of months means $170 billion more in interest payments next year or over the next few years as bonds mature and are re- reissued. So you can have stock market crashing, systemic problems in the banking system, a derivative meltdown, the Fed printing money, the dollar losing value, and inflation taking off. That's the scenario that I foresee. Not a very good one. And the economy tanking at the same time, which obviously would happen if, if, if those events occurred. So what do you do? Well, as I said earlier in the program, you've got to lower your risk in the stock market. I prefer zero. And look to other alternative investments. You've got to look at investments that will go up in an inflationary spiral. Investments that will go up when the currency collapses. Things that will go up in a financial panic. And that, my friends, is gold and silver. And I've been talking about gold and silver for a long, long time on this program. And those of you who followed my advice are happy you did. All right, if you, I didn't tell anybody to buy it at 1900 but you know, if you bought it higher than 1300 you're probably not that happy right now, but you will be. Doesn't really matter. Gold had a big downturn in April, uh, engineered by central banks. There's no question. Gold dropped $200 in two days without any news. That was obviously an orchestrated takedown of gold and silver for whatever reason. The powers that be needed it down, and it was pushed down again in June. Went down as low as $1,180 an ounce. Uh, is now rebounded to $1,335 an ounce. That's a 13% bounce off the bottom, and I think we've made a bottom in gold, and we're going to go much higher. Silver went down even more. It was as high as $49 a couple of years ago, bottomed at 18 in June, and is now about 22. That's a 22% increase just from the bottom. Even gold stocks, uh, which have taken a big hit, have rebounded. GDX, which is the, the gold miners ETF, those it's a basket of, of the big gold miners. It's up nineteen percent just in the last week or so. And JDXJ, which is the, the ETF that holds the junior mining stocks, they're up thirty percent 
in six trading sessions. We're seeing a move into commodities again, and gold and precious metals are the place to be. Buy silver coins, buy gold coins. That's the way you protect yourself under a scenario that I laid out for you. Now, whether or not this crisis happens or not doesn't really matter because gold and silver are going to continue to go up simply because the Federal Reserve will continue to print money. Who else is going to finance our death, our deficit and our debt? Chinese aren't doing it. They're buying gold. The Russians aren't doing it. They're buying gold. Americans have no money. I just told you half the country has no money, so we're not buying the bonds. The Federal Reserve has bought virtually 75 to 80 percent of all bonds issued in the United States this year with printed money. And that's called monetizing the debt. And that is never healthy for a country when you print money to finance your own debts. It's the beginning of the end. And our $17 trillion in debt will soon be $20 trillion in debt. Then it will be $25 trillion in debt. And just realize, as that debt goes up, so does money in the budget that goes to pay interest on that debt. So you have rising debt and rising interest rates. It's over. We'll have 100% of all tax revenue going to pay the debt or the country would have to default on its debt. But more often than not, what happens is a country just papers their way out of the debt. They inflate it away by printing money and making money worth less and less and less. Because if a dollar is worth less and less and less, a dollar of debt is worth less and less and less. So all you debtors out there, from those who have mortgages to have credit cards to have car payments uh, to have uh, 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 national debt, inflation will make it go away. Or at least make it less burdensome. And that's what that's what countries have done for history. Going all the way back to the Romans or the, the pre-Roman Greeks. They inflated their currency away. As they couldn't afford their budgets anymore. And that's exactly where we are now. Do you think that there's any appetite in Washington to cut spending? Not going to happen. They don't get anything done anyway, let alone cut spending. Cutting the rate of growth is hard to get them to do that because they consider that a spending cut. So we're not going to cut spending. We've got 10,000 people a month, not a month, we've got 10,000 people a day going into Medicare and Social Security. And that's going to go on for like 20 years. Where's that money going to come from? And now we have the government's going to subsidize health care for a good portion of Americans through Obamacare. I know they're already doing it to some extent with Medicaid and Medicare. But Obamacare is going to be very, very costly to the country. So we're not in good shape. And that's what's so scary about it. But there's things you can do about it. Take your money out of risky assets like, like stocks, close to record highs. How could you go wrong doing that? Get out of treasury bonds. That's the worst place to be. That's the biggest bubble. And bring in some hard assets into your life, gold and silver. Buy coins. A silver coin costs 20-something dollars. If you can't afford gold, buy silver. And that's one way you protect yourself. 
All right, we have one more break, and we have one more segment left in the show. Uh, the phone number here is – oh, what did I do with it? Where did I put the phone number? Well – Okay, I'll give you the phone number on the other side of the break. I misplaced my um, paper that had the phone number on it. We'll be back right after these messages. My name is Lou Skatigna. Don't go away. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you the business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network there should be mandatory personal finance courses taught in both high school and college you're listening to the financial physician financial illiteracy is the number one reason the average american has little or no net worth. America's money doctor, Luska Tigna, is here to help you now. Give him a call at 1-866-472-5788. That's toll free, 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Lou. Well, the phone number is actually 866-472-5790. Um, the previous phone number was when we were on Voice America's Variety Channel the last couple of months, so we have to get that... Um, that fixed on the on the audio but 866-472-5790 if you want to be part of the program we take any question on any money matter here on the financial physician and we're going to be here each and every wednesday going forward at uh 4 p.m eastern time 1 p.m 
on the West Coast to talk about money, markets, and politics. And um, this first show here on the Business Channel has been pretty dire. And um, I've been talking about uh, the potential for a major financial crash uh, within the next couple of months uh, and uh, things that you need to do to protect yourself. And uh, and I'll probably be repeating this, a lot of this over the next few weeks because I don't think there's a whole lot of time for people to protect themselves. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll swing from the trees screaming to tell people to get out of the market. And if I'm wrong, so what? We miss a little upside. But I think the window that we have here over the next three months is very critical without getting into the minute details of why. But it's a distillation of a lot of things that I've researched. And I've been doing this for a long time. And I have a pretty good knack for, for calling market moves. And I need people to protect themselves. And I don't want to be a tin hatter, come out here and just scream, uh, you know, uh, the sky is falling. I don't want to do that. Okay, but I, to protect people, I have to. I have to be honest and I have to tell you what I think. And I hope I'm wrong. But I've been right in the past when I've come on and I've told people that there is a stock market crash coming uh, and uh, potential for a banking system breakdown. And you do not want to have a lot of money in the bank. Because the bail-in template is what's going to be used here the next time the banking system is teetering. Now, some people say, well, it's just the amount over the insurance that, that will be taken. So if I had less than 250000 in a bank account, I'd be just fine. Maybe. Probably not. What do you think? The FDIC has like about $35 billion, and they're insuring $7 trillion in deposits. All it would take was one big bank to go under, and the FDIC would be broke. And if one big bank went under, they're not the only one. They're all linked together through derivatives. So I'm not so sure that if you had 250000 or less, you'd be okay. Now, maybe the Federal Reserve would just print trillions of dollars, give it to the FDIC, and give you worthless paper. But regardless, the value of what you have in that bank is going to drop or maybe be confiscated. So keep as little money in the bank as you really need to do. Why, why would you keep money in a bank, an institution that's paying you no money, paying you nothing, just so you could hold it there? And then they could lend it out at 29% interest rates? It makes no sense to keep money in a bank. You're better off taking your savings and buying gold or silver coins with it and keeping it safe somewhere than it is keeping money in the bank. Because I'm telling you, it's not going to be a bailout of the banks next time. It's going to be a bail-in. You'll be allowed to keep a certain amount, and the rest is going to be gone. You're going to be allowed to take out a couple hundred dollars a day from the ATM, and that's it. Your savings may be replaced with some worthless government bond. Who knows what can happen going forward? We're going to go into uncharted territory. Now, this really should have happened in 2008. They really should have had it happen in 2008. They should have let the system fail instead of printing all this money 
billions of dollars in TARP, bailing out Wall Street, which was really bailing out themselves because Washington and Wall Street are the same characters. But this time, it's not going to be a bailout. It's going to be a bail-in, and it's going to be the depositors that are going to pay. Right, we were talking before about the, the deficit and how much debt we have. But the Treasury Department, which publishes both the federal government's official daily Treasury statement and its official monthly Treasury statement, is reporting that in July the federal government ran a deficit of $98 billion, but that the federal government's debt Remained exactly sixteen trillion six hundred and ninety nine billion three hundred and ninety six million for the entire month. Actually, it's been that way for eighty seven days. But the Treasury said that the deficit went up ninety eight billion dollars in July. So how could the the deficit go up ninety eight billion and our debt hasn't changed a dollar in eighty seven days? Well, it just so happens that this just under sixteen trillion seven hundred billion number, which the Treasury reported every day in July and June, the debt was just twenty five million below the legal limit that was set in the law passed by Congress and signed by Obama. So we obviously are over that limit. They're just not reporting it. How could the Treasury's daily statements declare that the government borrowed an additional $98 billion to cover a $98 billion deficit the Treasury declared in its monthly statement for July, but not have the debt limit go up? How could they not be violating the law? It's just it's, – it's amazing. Our government has become the most corrupt government in the world. On May 17th, we hit this number, and it hasn't changed. We were $25 million, which is nothing in government terms, below the debt limit. Now, Lou, uh, Secretary Liu, Treasury Secretary Liu, sent a letter to Congress announcing that he would use, quote-unquote, extraordinary measures uh, to make sure we don't go over the debt ceiling. So for 87 straight days, he's done extraordinary measures, whatever that means. So what's this all about? They're lying to us. Basically, they exceeded the debt ceiling, but they just don't report it. Just like they don't report consumer price index correctly. Just like they don't report the gross domestic product correctly. Just like they don't uh, report the unemployment rate correctly. Just like they don't uh, report the number of new jobs created accurately. It's all a lie. It's all a game. The rule of law means nothing in Washington anymore, especially with this administration. You can't get anything through Congress? Well, just have the president sign a decree. There you go. That's all you got to do. Oh, you can't get through Congress? I mean, he even said it. You know, he president said, look, I'll, I'll do it alone. I don't get help from Congress. Those Republicans don't want to work with me and do what I say. I'll mandate it myself. If I don't like uh, part of the Obamacare law right now, uh, I'll delay it for businesses. I mean, I'm talking selectively choose which part of the law I want to. I want to enforce, and which I don't. Doesn't matter what Congress says. That's the way this administration runs government. 
And now they're telling us for 87 straight days that our debt didn't change? A dollar? It's mind-boggling. But again, I haven't heard anybody clamoring about this. I haven't heard NBC News reporting this. I haven't seen CNBC reporting this. But sure enough, there you go. 87 straight days. Magically, our debt our debt uh, has not changed a dollar. And the average person out there has no idea, don't care, doesn't really bother them. They don't even know what our debt is anyway. And the reason I'm really stressing the importance of protecting yourself now here where we're at August 14th is that I think September has got a lot, a lot of nasty things waiting for us. We have the debate on the debt ceiling. All right? That's got to go up in September. I mean, it should be up now because obviously they're hiding it from us, but they got to deal with it then. If they don't raise the debt ceiling, I mean, we got a major problem here. They got the budget fight. It's going to happen in September. The Republicans want to defund Obamacare. That's not going to get through the Senate. So we got a lot of things happening in Washington in September that are going to rattle the markets, at least have the potential to. And, you know, the market doesn't pay too much attention in the summer to economic news, corporate earnings, people are on vacation, money managers take a lot of time off. It's not a lot of money moving around, volumes are low. But typically after Labor Day, when people are back to work, not only here, but in Europe and around the world, they take a harder look at things. All right, out of time. It goes so fast here on The Financial Physician. Remember my website, thefinancialphysician.com. My email is Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Have a wonderful week, and please join me next week for the next edition of The Financial Physician. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.